It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day. It, it takes practice and humility. It takes vision and ability. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and ability. Hi, and welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features people from all walks of life telling stories from their childhood and then explaining how those stories have impacted their lives today. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that have impacted me as an adult. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic children's work, I've Got Peace in My Fingers, available worldwide wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you, now and forever. Your family will appreciate it. It's free and it's easy to use. That's LaughSaver.com. All right, I have as my guest today, Jeff Holden, a buddy of mine for over 50 years. Jeff is a 35-year broadcast radio veteran. His marketing company, Multipoint Content Strategies, works with a variety of businesses using podcasting as a tool in the toolbox of marketing assets to grow business. Jeff also hosts his own podcast, In Your Words, which sheds light on the virtues and values of business-to-business and business-to-consumer podcasting. Pretty cool to have you on the show, Jeff. And Jay, it's great to be here. Really exciting. I'm thrilled to be here and doing it and talking about something that I know you and I haven't even discussed, so it's going to make it even more fun. I got to tell you, Jeff, I'm a little bit nervous about what you're going to talk about because I was part of your childhood as well. I hope it's nothing to do with me. Uh, But before we get to it, I do also want to thank you for your help that you've given me in the last few weeks about my own podcast, giving me tips, especially regarding sound. Thank you. And you're very kind and complimentary. I appreciate that. Well, true story. I have heard in your words... And I've also heard some of the other podcasts you've produced. But today we're going to talk about Tell Me What Happened. And what we're looking for, Jeff, is a childhood story that has impacted your life today. I realize you probably have a lot of those. And as a matter of fact, I was there for some of them, I think. But I'm going to do my best to try to stay out of it. Unless, of course, it's something that I'm familiar with and I might, uh, I might jump in a little bit there, if that's all right. No, I actually, I want you engaged. I'd, I'd almost like it to be a dialogue because you'll laugh about some of the stuff and some of it you'll relate to. The story you're not going to know, at least I don't think so, unless you are part of it. And if that's the case, I hate you. But uh, I, hope I, wasn't. That, that, <laughs> I doubt it. So I'm going back to grammar school. And well, first of all, let me compliment you on the stuff that you're doing with people who are actually sharing significant trauma in their lives, because I think the ability for others to hear those stories is impactful. And secondly, it's important for the people who are telling the story in some sort of a cathartic way to share it. And I think that is, is really cool for, uh, for what you're doing. The, the story I'm about to tell, in other words, nothing like that. I, I was blessed to not have anything that significant happen in my, uh, my upbringing. I mean, maybe later in life, but those were, those were, you know, different situations. Uh, in grammar school, I was this, this chunky little kid, you know, just kind of dorky and 
you know, getting my way through school, doing my thing. Mom expected me to do well. She was the librarian at the school, and we went to this grammar school that was a Catholic grammar school. So, of course, you do the altar boy thing and try to do the best in school and, you know, just hope that that report card comes home with what everybody at home expects it to be. And I, it's probably seventh or eighth grade, I remember. You know, everybody's going through puberty and getting started up to care about how they look. And I remember taping my hair down on my forehead so I could have that like beetle look. I got curly hair and I would tape it down at night. So when I woke up in the morning, it would be flat like the Beatles used to wear. And one of our friends had that kind of hair, Jan, last names to be left out of this conversation. But it was like, I'm going to look like that. So, you know, you're starting to care about it because you care about how the girls are looking at you. And I was junky. I mean, I was a chubby kid. And I remember when we used to go shopping for anything, we had to go to the Husky department. The guy would come and go like the Robert Hall. Remember that Robert Hall store? for, you know, you know, young men or whatever. Anyhow, so I'd go in and my mom would be with me and we'd be going shopping and she goes, oh, that looks good on you, honey. And he goes, well, this, this is in the Husky department. So yeah, these will fit him perfectly well. And uh, so you just have all this self-conscious stuff going on. And uh, there was this, this guy in school that was what I would look at today and see as a bully. And for some reason I became the article of his infection affection I should say infection for me but it was it was challenging and it, it went on for a while and it got a little bit worse and he's uh, yeah I'll say the name because you'll, you'll laugh when I say it's Carl mm. something wow. <laughs> I and and I'm like what is going on here and it got to the point where now you're losing sleep at home you're anxious you don't want to go to school so what do you what are you going to do and okay, at this stage of the game, it's not so significant that it's it's something you're going to get yourself in trouble with. And, you know, my mom's a librarian at the stinking school. I got to be careful. You, you don't know that you're going to punch him because he might kick your butt. So you don't want to do that. And this goes on for days and days and days and weeks. And and finally, I said, okay, what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to win him over with stuff. I'm going to start bringing cool stuff to school because that'll minimize it. Mm -hmm. And I remember you know, just bringing stupid little th things from the house and then a, a Pinewood Derby car, you know, your Boy Scouts thing, those little things you carve and, it, you know, I had some kind of cool ones that I had made and that maybe got a little bit of his attention, but it still didn't get anywhere. And it, he's still badgering me and, and you know, pushing me around on the, uh, on the playground. And, and I remember as much as, you know, we all would say, well, you just smack him one or punch him or whatever. You know, all I remember was getting in his face at some point in time and, and just saying, you know, stop this or whatever. Probably went home and cried or, you know, I, I don't really remember. I mean, I suppress all this stuff because it's not enjoyable to think about it. And when you asked me about it, I said, let me think about something from my childhood. That's probably one of the biggest things that I can even remember. The rest is just kind of gone. It was a, it was a good childhood. But I think as I've grown up, there's Carl's every step along the way. And there's Carl's in every profession that you, you choose as a career. There's Carl's in your neighborhood. There's Carl's at the gym. And as I grew up, I started to do the same thing. And I found myself repeating that sequence over and over again. It looked a little bit different, but I knew if I had made enough money or I bought enough stuff, I could kind of bump those Carl's out of the way without having to really confront them. 
So, and, and you think about that stuff. You think of what is that? How does that happen? And we know it's a situation on school campuses today. It's a situation on cell phones, on social media, however those bullies are going to affect the kids. And in that case, you, can't, you just don't have the ability to punch them in the face. Uh, I, I didn't do it because I didn't have the, the gumption to do it. I wasn't, it wasn't that kind of kid. Uh, so you find ways to cope with it. And the coping mechanism became, well, okay, you know what? I can't beat you up. That's just not my thing. Or I'm scared or I was, you know, kind of a wimpy kid. Then I'm just going to go make money. And I'll, I'll build, you know, wealth around my situation. And that will show you that I'm stronger than you. Because I would then see you as a loser. You know, you're where are you today, Carl? Let's see. What are you doing today? And that does, that does enter my mind, right? And I'm thinking, that's kind of weird. You brought this up, by the way. So if this is cathartic, I don't know or not. I might have some I'm issues after the fact. I'm stomach in pain for you. Uh, <laughs> because, well, I want to just back it up a little bit. You know, my, my cousin, who I love, he, he called me fat man my whole life. You know, I was definitely... Uh -huh. Uh, heavier than you were in, in, in grade school. I was taller than you were. And I do remember uh, Carl distinctly, and I, and I wish you'd have told me because I would have punched him for you. But uh, right. I, I want to move back just one step and uh, ask you, when you finally did talk with him, did he finally relent at any point or you don't remember what happened? I mean, how did it? Yeah, only, only, yeah, a little bit because I got in his face and it kind of was, eh, he, I think he was looking for the fight. You know, he wanted the fight mm. and it just, the fight never, I mean, maybe we pushed each other around a little bit and that was, it was kind of the end of it. You know, it never had a big climactic end and it wasn't anything eventful. I think only a handful of kids even knew it because he wasn't a really popular kid, no. but it just was, it stuck. It's one of those things that stuck. And I do reflect on it. And that feeling has recurred throughout my life up until, you know, maybe older adulthood when I realized, okay, there's a way to deal with this differently. And not that you punch somebody in the face, but you can confront those issues a lot differently as you learn and grow confident and understand yourself a lot better. But that's an impactful thing. And I think what's sad about it is it still exists today and probably to a greater degree because of the ability to hide behind social media. You don't have to even confront the individual physically. And the individual who's the recipient of the bullying doesn't have the ability to really respond. So how you deal with those things that are, they seem so little at the time in retrospect, but when you really reflect on them and you say, what happened there? You might have changed your life as a result of it or a good portion of your life as a result of it, not even knowing because it wasn't intentional or conscious. It was more reactive. And so you moved in a direction that really set the course for a long point in time, whether it be a career or a scholastic achievement or you know even a marriage in some cases so that's that's the the piece of it that i always reflect on it does come up 
And like I said, we were sharing that you know, we suppress and, and don't recall a lot of the stuff. I mean, it just wasn't all that significant. But there are a few highlights in there that you say, huh, you know, I, I get that. I know where that's coming from. I, now I can figure that out. And is that really, you know, a good way to go? And in many cases, probably not, because it's not authentic. It's reactionary. You know, I was just going to say, though, that the, the, the story that you tell, on the one hand, I think it motivated you to be a highly successful person. I'm also sort of wondering, I know you're, uh, I've known you for 50, 50 years, and I know that as an adult, you've been like this massive biker and, you know, your runner and everything else. And I wonder if there's any connection to that. But on the one hand, it's like, okay, great. It's motivated Jeff to be a successful business person and a successful athlete. On the other hand, if the driving force is a negative one, you then you, you feel badly. You to be feeling badly. Right. Have- well, and, and it, it, the essence of the podcast is as people hear, some will say, wow, that trauma that that person experienced, oh, holy crap, that's, that's amazing that they ever came out of it. I'm on the really light side of it, where maybe a lot of people have been in some semblance of what I'm talking about. But the the people who who don't relate to some of the other elements of people's stories, probably a lot of people can relate to something like this because it happens everywhere, every day, all the time. And it's just being aware of it. And had I known that confronting him differently would have made the difference, I mean, I didn't share it with my parents. I didn't, I had to deal with it. I didn't think there was going to be any benefit. I didn't share it with anybody. And had I known that there were options or ways to deal with it differently, I probably would have, as hard as that might have been, and just done whatever that would have been at the time that would have been appropriate. I mean, it been punching them in the face. But as you grow up and you're an adult and you look at what you can and can't do, you realize, hey, some of the, I just can't keep dealing with Carl's the same way all the time. I can only bring so many, you know, toys to the game to kind of moderate the discomfort of the relationship. And at some point you realize you got to confront these things. You can't, you just can't let them fester because they will repeat. You can leave that job. You can leave that neighborhood. You can leave that school, but it doesn't mean it's gone. And I think that's the, the takeaway for me is I hope for people that I deal with or, or grandkids now, if I see any of that happening, I can, I can interject my experience and you know, some, some semblance of wisdom and say, hey, here's a good way to deal with this. And it necessarily wouldn't be punch them in the face either, but it's going to be a different type. It's going to be probably electronic. It's going to be socially driven. It's going to require intervention by others, depending on the significance of the, uh, you know, of the bullying, but you can't let it happen. It just can't, it can't continue to go on because you'll fester with it for the rest of your life. Yes. So right, my friend. Oh my gosh, all the stuff we carry, and I wish we could just let it go. It brought, <laughs> yeah, brought back some memories from grade school, though. <laughs> oh man, I oh oh, we can't reach back in time and fix it per se either, which bothers me. Well, thank you, Jeff. Well, for thank your time. thank really you again for having me, Jay. I appreciate it. It was a kick. It was. It took me down memory lane, and. Uh, 
yeah, just sort of reminded me why I'm doing the podcast. So thank you very much. So that's our show. I want to thank my good buddy, Jeff Holden, bringing me back to my childhood. Also want to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing and LaughSaver.com. We're going to end the show as we often do with Susan Salador's classic, Every Moment, Every Day, which is available on Spotify, BTW. So until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to stay safe out there. Watch out for those carls and try not to hurt anybody. It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day. It, it takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes possible to be thankful to see it every day. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It is possible to be thankful to see it every day. It takes practice. And humility, it takes vision and civility, it takes practice and the wisdom to see it as a it takes practice and the wisdom to see it as a it takes beauty and the wisdom to see it everywhere. It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day.